0: Right now, you're feeling a bit like Alice,
1: tumbling down the rabbit hole. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland.
0: And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole, now live, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, on the Para-X Radio Network. down the rabbit hole. This is your host, Jason Michael Caldwell. So glad to be back after a small hiatus. Yes, I've had all kinds of software issues, folks. And in fact, I have a special sound engineer helping me out tonight to get me back on the air. But I've gotten all kinds of new info with software, and I'm hoping to have us back on a regular basis, cranking out quality interviews on the ParaX network. So thank you for having patience with me. And any of you that are in contact with Andrea Vitimus please encourage him and say, hey, man, glad you're doing well with your schoolwork, getting that MBA in business. Got a few announcements for you tonight. Coming up very soon, a couple of weeks, in fact, Crucible Convention 2014, Saturday, October 4th, noon to midnight. And to get all the info, go to crucibleconvention.com. Now, bear in mind, Convocation will be coming up in February, and that's faster than we all think, February 19th to 22nd, and you will see me and Andrea Vitimus presenting. Go to convocation.org to get your hotel and ticket information. Andrea Vitimis, my former co-host and close friend, will be doing the third annual western mystery conference october 24th 25th and 26th and you can go to austin to get all the info about that presentation as well tonight we have a very special guest he is the host of the black cat lounge and a very well-known medium the reverend tim shaw tim how are you doing this evening Hey, Jason, how are you doing today? Thank you for inviting me on the show. This is cool. No, it's very cool. I'm glad to be back on the air and I'm glad to have you with me, man. You've got a great reputation. Well, I don't know
1: about that. It depends what country you're talking about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Probably depends on the person you're speaking to, too, right? Same with me.
1: Especially, especially, yes, you're right about that.
0: Well, hey, Tim. Um, <clears throat> I read The Dogma of Me. I enjoyed it greatly.
1: Thank you. Thank um, you very, very much
0: about that. I, I know that, you know, we've been talking about doing this interview for about two months now. The book's been out for, what, about two, three months now?
1: Some, something like that, right? I, I Actually, I didn't expect it to come out till October, you know, and um, uh, the powers that be sort of... Uh, Sort of put a cattle prod uh, <laughs> to my skin, and we uh, the book came out. It was uh, Corvus Nocturnum was the uh, uh, was the guy that really pushed for it. I actually wasn't going. to, I really was not going to uh, publish this book because it's a book of uh, channeled sayings, and I uh, I had a lot of reservations about it, and especially because uh, channeled sayings some people love them some people actually just just totally hate them and and I didn't want to put a book out that uh uh might be considered uh fluff and and a lot of people do consider uh channeled books fluff uh back in the heyday of spiritualism I mean there were there were thousands of books that were all channeled uh now not so much but I I really uh, my spirit guide really wouldn't leave me alone, so I I was actually gonna go and just like have go to Create Space and have like ten <laughs> copies printed up, no photos, just get it out of my life, hand them out at Christmas or something. And uh, Corvus said, "No, uh, I really want this book. I want it for Dark Moon Press. I really think it's great. The the channeled material helped me personally, which was like really phenomenal. And a lot of people have uh, sent me really great." positive feedback on that and uh, the rest is history next thing I know two weeks later uh, it was ready to go and uh, like like two weeks after that I had the first copies in my hand
0: which is just still still mind blowing to me well you know Corvus is a personal buddy of mine he's just an all-around great guy so I'm glad you two were able to cut a business deal with Dark Moon Press and get that book out there
1: hey I cut a good deal with him especially when he stays at my house (laughs) Hey. <laughs> publish me or you don't eat that's the way it works <laughs> there you go
0: <laughs> so early in the book you give special thanks to to four pretty well-known people um that, that you consider your personal teachers oh yeah, yeah. now i, I want to talk about your relationships with these people and, and how they helped you uh, it kind of gives gives people that don't know a whole lot about you a background and and where you're coming from. Um, Sharon Klingler, why don't you tell us something about her?
1: Sharon Klingler is uh, is actually my uh, my mentor, and I was brought to her by spirit, and that's the only way I can describe it. Uh, because I had uh, I was experiencing Buku frustration at the church. I, I used to belong to a uh, a spiritualist organization that uh uh was very very dogmatic. The church was very very dogmatic and is still very dogmatic to this day. And I have a real problem with uh uh with that sort of thing because religions are created by people. Spirituality is created by spirit or god or whatever whoever you know whatever you want to call it. Yes sir. And what I found was that the instructors at this at this temple that I was uh, that I was serving at the time uh, they were afraid to push the boundaries they were content just to sit in their little uh you know their their little spheres where they did readings and they did gallery readings and mental mediumship and also the the other thing was is 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 that I, I found that the training through that organization was subpar. Was subpar. I mean, I was. I'm a guy that, like, in 1963, probably before you were born, and just about everybody else here. True. True. In, in 1963, I was uh, brought into the uh, Lilydale Assembly, and um, it's a little. It's a spiritualist community here in Western New York, and I had relatives there. And spiritualism has been in my family since the 1880s. So this is no. Uh, I'm no stranger to it, and. What I experienced as a child, as a young man, you know, just didn't jive because these these people that I met were phenomenal. I mean, these people were like, you could hear, you know, discarded voices and, and you know, this these voices coming out of their, the, the medium's uh, solar plexus and uh, the levitations. And, you know, we would have sands with the lights on so nobody could cheat and stuff would happen. And, and it was amazing. I had this thirst for it. I had this
0: absolute heavy-duty thirst for it. Okay, I've, I've got to hold you right there for a moment. There's been a lot of material written about mediums that did did parlor tricks, and how um, <clears throat> um, Harry Houdini used to go around and try to bust mediums for using parlor tricks. So this is that was the what we call. There's two ages
1: of, of spiritualism. And uh, I got into a lot of trouble from uh, the church leaders because of the fact that I called one the Golden Age of spiritualism, which is the beginning and and what was going on and the growth of it. but then there's the Golden age of fraud, and that's where you've got all the Marjories and you've got uh, uh you know Harry Houdini, and you've got a lot of fraudulent mediums out there trying to make a buck and I mean you got to look at the socioeconomic Uh, history of that time period. Women weren't allowed to speak. They weren't really allowed to hold really good jobs. So a lot of them relied on mediumship to go and pay the bills. And you had to be sensational all the time in order Mm -hmm. to make money. And as a medium myself, I'm going to tell you what, there's absolutely no way that you can keep up like that. I mean, I've seen in all these years, like 30, 40 years, I'll be honest with you, I've seen Probably physical phenomena that I can say actually wowed me, uh, probably six times, seven times. Okay. So there's no way that a, there's no way that a medium can can produce physical mediumship on a regular basis. And you know, I'll be honest with you. The church that I served, uh, the uh, and I, I like to tell this story to my students because the church that I served, the. Light on the porch, the little porch to go into the church. The church was built in nineteen eleven for spiritualists by spiritualists, which is an anomaly because most spiritualist congregations usually rent space from a, a, a like a Masonic hall or some kind of a hall. Yes, so uh, the, uh, you know, the light blew out. The light blew out in the probably the early sixties, and the reason why it was never changed because. Nobody wanted to be seen. Services were no, weren't were on Sunday at that time. They were on Wednesday nights. And people didn't want to be seen walking into the church. It was shameful. And that's all left over. That's all left over from that 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 era of fraud. And as an instructor, I got to tell you what I uh, I can cold read. I know how to do it. I can spot it a mile away. And I saw the last of the hardcore cold readers uh, that were doing it uh, back in the sixties and seventies. So I can tell when somebody's bullshitting me or not. I mean, I'm really I'm kind of a tough instructor about that, but. You have to. People have to understand that in every religion there is that glimmer of of
0: positive truth. Hey, Tim. Yes, sir. I'm I'm going to ask you to take a pause because apparently Andrea is having an issue with the server. No problem. But he's going to let us know. Okay. Okay, he's 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 back with us. So apparently we are back on the server and everything's fine. And I just want to clarify with you, Tim, I wasn't trying to uh point the finger finger at any fraudulism. It's just that
1: I, I don't think twice about it. There right. are frauds in, in religion. There are huge frauds in the paranormal community. Yes, sir. And but I mean, that
0: that's why I bring this up because I want people to realize that some of us and yes, we got verification they can't hear us now in the chat room, so this is good. Um, I've been blessed to have random spiritual encounters myself over the years. So I know as well as you, they don't happen all the time. They're a rare occurrence, but yes, they do happen. And I want the public to know, you know, yeah, just because there are frauds out there, don't think that everyone's a fraud. and Don't think that you can't have a real experience doing this work. Exactly. But here's the thing. You must be aware. You have to be you have to be
1: a skeptic and you have to be a believer at the same time because every religion has its good and its bads, has its truths and it has its frauds. So that's why in the one thing I did like about the spiritualist religion, because again, I was brought up both uh, Roman Catholic and spiritualist. uh, And I decided uh, in my teens that I would go with the spiritualist uh, religion uh, that in most churches, they won't allow you to... uh, join them join the church itself for about 2 years and in during that 2 years they really want you to be introspective they want you to test the religion they want you to test every part of it if you think that that religion is good and it's perfect for you then fine join but if you have any doubts whatsoever Either they'll try to help you with them or they'll say, hey, maybe this isn't for you. And that's what I liked about the spiritualist religion. You've got to test it. And that, that's the big thing. Too many people out there are, are, I love believers, but the problem with true believers is that they become myopic in scope. They, they've got blinders on and they don't see the frauds. They don't see people leading them astray. They don't see the, the silver, you know, the, the snake oil salesman. And believe me. All religions have them, and that's why you have to be so so careful. But getting back to uh, Sharon, Sharon Klingler is from Ohio, and uh, I uh, I was really uh, dejected. Really, I, I was dejected. I was upset by the way I was being treated at this church, and um, because I had a thirst for knowledge, and I didn't like what you know that you, you know they, they, there was no advanced mediumship. It was all it was just all sort of manby pamby. So. I enrolled in her uh, five-day intensive uh, advanced mediumship classes that were being held at Lolydale. and I, I have to tell you that it was incredible. It was crazy. Uh, we started at nine o'clock. We broke for uh, uh, we we went right through to eleven. We had lunch, and then on our own time, we went and we did one-on-one readings. Then we would go. And we would gather in little groups. We would do gallery readings, which is where you you know what how we do it in church, where you pick people out of the audience, and sort of like the John Edwards way of reading. And then you were required by Sharon, required to serve two open readings. And at Lilydale, there's three open readings, gallery readings, where. Uh, you can go and as a as a visitor, you can stop in there and, and uh, uh, watch the medium serve spirit. So, I mean, and, and Sharon would. Sharon's a tough teacher. She's one of the toughest teachers I've ever had. But at the end of that five days, it was so intensive that I she pushed me to levels I never thought I could ever 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 achieve. And she also instilled in me a thirst for uh, a thirst for knowledge. Uh, that thirst for true experience, which is why I I do what I do, you know, and and I push myself sometimes, and you know, I just saw her. it was funny. We, uh, my wife and I, my uh, she had a, a day off, and I got out of work early, and we took a ride to Lilydale, and sure enough, it was hysterical. She was she happened to be there, and ten of my classmates, they were all there that day. And it was so phenomenal. And uh, you know what? She always she looked at me. and She said, "Out of everybody, she goes. You've really done so well for yourself." You know. And and that to me was that's all she had to say. And I looked at her. And I said, "You know what, Sharon? You'll always be my mentor." And I tell everybody that because she's a phenomenal teacher and she's a just an awesome, awesome, awesome medium. So if anybody ever wants to go and and uh, really take some good classes, she's she's the person to go with.
0: Awesome. So, Dr. Raymond Buckland, this is the guy that brought Gardnerian witchcraft to the yes. States.
1: Yeah, now, he's, a, he's phenomenal. He's a, right now, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an elderly gentleman, and uh, I met him sitting on the uh, porch of the Maplewood Hotel in Lilydale quite a few years back, and it was great didn't have a clue who the heck he was. Not a clue. I wasn't into anything Wicca or anything, you know, in the craft or anything at that time. I was strictly sure. spiritualist. And here's this guy and we're talking, rocking in these wicker chairs, you know, on the porch on a nice summer day. And he's we're talking about the blitz that he when he was a kid, he lived through the blitz. And, you know, at, at the end, he goes oh, I'll see you around Tim. And he walked away. <laughs> this woman leaned over and she goes, Do you know who the hell that was? I said, No, who? That was Ray Buckland. I go, really? Because I knew the name. And uh, I've taken a lot of classes from him. And he showed me. Now, in the strictest sense, uh, the, the I, I, I used to belong to the National Spiritual Association of Churches. And for the most part, they don't allow you to uh, use um, uh, any kind of tools uh, like, like for scrying or, or tarot cards or anything like that during the course of their services. And the strictest ones, uh, like at the church, kind of looked down the church I served, looked down at anybody that used them. And and, uh, Ray said, hey, you know what, you can can use this stuff and still serve spirit. And I took this class from him, it was called Tools of the Mediumship, and I learned how to scry, and I mean, I, I do interpretive work with card, you know, tarot and oracle cards, and he was a phenomenal teacher, and since then I've taken so many classes from it. And I've probably read most of his his nonfiction books, and probably he's a fiction writer now. And his fiction writer, you know, a lot of it's all set in the Victorian age. Uh, so I mean, he's a phenomenal writer. So he's always been a, a great, great uh, inspiration. Plus, on top of it, I mean, when he first. When he first came and and brought the religion, he was he was hidden for a while. And then one time he, he tells a great story about when he got outed by the newspapers. And little kids used to, you know, walk up in front of walk up and down the street in front of his house singing ding dong the witch is dead, you know. Oh. And somebody burnt his car and I mean there's I mean he he suffered some persecution, but he he persevered and he really you know, he did everything he wanted to do. He was a screenwriter. I mean, he met some phenomenal people. And, uh, you know, I mean, anybody that can do that, overcome the odds, bring something to this, bring something to the table that's meaningful. And, uh, you know, I mean, just just the way he lives his life. He lives it on his own terms. How can you beat
0: that? I mean, so he's a great oh, inspiration. And Dr. Raymond Buckland, man, he loves people, too. That's just something that I've always <laughs> noticed about him. Oh, yeah, he does. He does. And
1: he loves good cars. I think he just, I'm not sure if he's so, I think he just sold his Corvette. He had a beautiful black Corvette. And I think now he's, I don't know what he's driving, but he's always driving something. And the guy's, his, his wife, Tara, yelled at him. I, he, he had open heart surgery a couple of years ago and she refused to let him fly anymore. <laughs> so the guy is amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, tell us something about, about Tom Brown Jr. Tom Brown
1: Jr. is an American mystic and uh, tracker, and uh, I had left the, I had actually left the whole thing, this whole mediumship gig and ghosts and the paranormal for about, I don't know, about ten years. And oh, really? Uh, yeah, I had, I had an experience. I was working with a, a Siddhartha isolation tank, which is a uh, a tank. If you ever anybody's ever seen Altered States with William Hurt, it's a cult film now. Uh, the very last tank that he. Uh, Use that's a sitar isolation tank and it's a an enclosure that doesn't let any light in there's a there's an air pump in there you're in a high concentration of salt water that makes you buoyant there's a a uh a a waterbed heater in there so it keeps it right at the right temperature and you can either hallucinate or, or or really you know push yourself into a uh uh, a static state. So uh, I had been doing that for uh, I don't know. I logged probably fifty hours in it, not all at one time, of course. But I mean, right. probably yeah, probably a solid fifty hours in there. And and uh, I remember uh, seeing something at the, at the place I was living, in, and and it was the first time I'd ever seen anything really objectively, which means through my eyes. And uh, I was running a, a crew at night, and I remember saying, wow, I just saw a ghost. That is phenomenal. Oh, my God, this is great. And then I went to sleep, and I woke up, and my logical brain kicked in, and that was the end of it. Uh, I mean, I was freaked. It freaked me. And uh, the one thing... Okay, so
0: so the experience was not in the isolation tank. It was back home. It was
1: Yeah, it was back home. But the isolation tank is what led to it, because the isolation tank is what really... Opened me up to that point. I mean, I okay. was seeing, okay. I was seeing faces morph with my eyes open. Uh, I was, I, I'd be laying in bed and it would feel like my eyelids would just blow right out, and all I could see is, and I couldn't tell the difference if my eyes were open or shut. And all I could see were uh, like stars, uh, almost like almost
0: uh, to the point of astral projection. It was, it was pretty neat. But oh, uh, I, I know what you're talking about. So what, you, but what you're telling me is you got into deeper and deeper trance states on a regular exactly. basis, and boom. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. that's exactly it and
1: uh, like I said I walked away from it for uh, quite a few years and um, I got back into it actually through uh, backwoods uh, I was, I've was i always been a big history guy and I got into it through backwoods uh, uh, lifestyles and what that means is we would go out in the woods and, and practice like 1700-1800 skills and uh, live off the land for a few days and and uh, I, I was into big into napping, huge into flint napping, And that led me into Aboriginal and Native American cultures and religions and tracking. And um, I don't know what it was, but uh, uh, this guy, Tom Brown Jr., man, he was, I read his stuff. And it's like, he is like the most spiritual guy in the world. And uh, I mean, he is like this, he's one of the world's greatest trackers, but he's so spiritual. He had a great, he had an adopted grandfather who was an Apache medicine man. And uh, part of a medicine society, a tracking society. And he taught him all this wood lure and everything. And so I was all into it. So I was. I, my wife sent me for my birthday to uh, the Omega Holistic Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, where he happened to be teaching on an intensive weekend. And man, it was like find sacred items, find sacred spots. But the greatest thing in the world was uh, they had us blindfolded outside, uh, outside the lecture hall. And you would have to go so far to the beat of the drum in order to open up your senses. And you got to that one point and he said, okay, don't take off your, don't, don't take off your blindfolds, project yourself into the inside of the lecture hall. Go. And we're like, what? Sure enough, I projected myself. I, I In my mind's eye, I, I could see how to get in all of a sudden. I'm walking, and it's I always remember it was off to the left, and something told me to turn left and I put my hand up and there was a railing and I walked up these stairs and I put my hand directly right onto the uh, uh, the door handle, walked right in, walked into the middle of the hall, and his son uh, stopped me and took the blindfold off and said congratulations you you were one of six that actually did it and uh, that was it was just an amazing uh, just an amazing experience and after that. I started really getting into uh, the spirituality of, of of the vision quest and and uh, and the spirit and learning sweat lodge and and understanding uh, natural awareness. And from there, I, f- I I started looking into healing. And uh, because of him and working with energy, I got involved with Reiki healing. And through Reiki healing, uh, all of a sudden that mediumship ability came came out again and it was at the same level that i had left it at and the, the rest is history because i i incorporate everything in, in everything i've learned uh into what i do so uh tom is he's a really he's he's out of jersey he's uh he's, he wanders the pine barrens and i i'll always remember that he's the, he's actually the guy that's got me interested into uh wandering the woods looking for werewolves and bigfoot
0: and stuff you know <laughs>
1: so you never know what's out there
0: awesome um, Mike Bestine, Tell us something about him as one of your mentors. Mike, Mike Bestine is a good friend of mine. Mike Bestine is an Algonquin uh, elder,
1: and he uh, grew up on the Tuscarora Indian Reservation, and his mentor and good friend was Mad Bear Anderson uh, of the Tuscarora, and Mad Bear Anderson, that's big medicine. He uh, was, uh, he taught uh, Rolling Thunder, who was the uh, uh, religious leader of the A movement during the uh, uh, during the wounded knee crisis and the stuff that he he has taught me is, is amazing, just amazing and he, uh, I mean I always remember right around 9-11 we were all kind of gathering uh, like once or twice a month And and speaking with him, and he would just like he would just speak, and he would just talk about things and things that he he would see, and and he would talk about how uh, uh, the scavengers, the scavengers and birds of prey and and animals uh, were starting to go and start starting to be restless, and he goes that usually means that there's a big die off, there's a huge die off, and I would say probably. Nine days later, eight days later, nine eleven occurred, mm. and I always remembered that we all came together uh, the week after nine eleven, and we all sat there on a Sunday in a circle, and I I was a fire keeper, so I I was the guy that started the fire and kept it going because that's a symbolic of knowledge and and uh, symbolism of, of, of everything we're doing being part of the great uh, the plan of the great spirit, and we. Uh, uh, he sat there and he said, listen, he said, I'm just going to tell you something guys. I'm going to tell everybody something right now. I don't know if that was the sign, but I haven't seen the movement as much. And I haven't seen much else going on. And to him, it meant that things were going to, uh, after a period of time, were going to calm down. And, and he was right. And he, uh, he, he really is he's an amazing person. And, uh, uh, he leads by example, and he's the, the the work he does is phenomenal. And I had a bad case on a reservation, and uh, uh, it was the only time that I believed that I had gotten attachment in all these years. And uh, uh, when I decided to step away from the case, which was the right thing to do, uh, I. Had to find somebody to take it over, and it was a uh, it was all about false face medicine, and there was there was a lot of that that was that was involved in it, and then the neglect okay. of the neglect of these 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 uh, these wooden masks that are carved out of living trees, and uh, they're 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 actually part of a creation myth where there's a good uh, there's a good uh, uh, brother and a bad brother, and a good brother or the bad brother says I'm better than you, I'm going to move this mountain, and he huffed and he puffed, and the mountain moved an inch, and the good and he says brother. You know you do better, and the good brother said, "Turn around, and he turned around the mountain was there, and he busted his nose and his lips and everything, which is why on the false face masks uh, the nose and the lips uh, and the face are you know of these masks are deformed, but if you don't honor them there's there you have to uh, make a corn mush and rub it into the mouthpiece, and you have to blow Kinicknick, which is sacred tobacco smoke into the nose and and you don't honor these. These faces—they can be a little cantankerous, and that's what we think. What happened? And I turned it over to him, and uh, my, I always remember Mike saying, "Okay, don't worry about it. That's it. You're done." And I said, "Well, you're going to tell me if anything happens." And you go, "Nope," he says, "Nope. I'm not. That's no. You're done." And I had a respect for him, and he looked at me. And he says, "Listen, just you know, you have your beliefs. We have our beliefs. Sometimes they they mesh. Sometimes they don't. Okay. You're a white man. I'm a Native American. We'll handle it." don't ever, you know, don't worry about it again. And I had never have. And, uh, you know, so, uh, Mike has just been a great friend of mine. He's, uh, and he's a great mentor. I, you know, you call him up and you have a question he's always there to answer. So uh, yeah, he's, he's a
0: big influence. Well, Hey, you know, you got, you got a great set of mentors there. So with the dogma of me, you're referring to the muse. Now let's talk about the muse. What do you consider the muse to be? So oh, who knows what the muse is? <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. You know, it could be your higher self. It could be uh, inspiration. It could be it could be an entity, it could be it can be anything. And do you think that perhaps it's different things for different people? Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I mean the muse for me. Uh, for this book uh, was is basically a, a cat by the name of Cassius, and Cassius the Elder is uh, someone who is his, I, you know it's, I, I, in my own head I try to go and I try to, to to get more information from him, and usually most spirit guides will be a lot more open, and, and Cassius isn't. Cassius speaks through his words, and um, you know, and his emotions, and he. Um, when I sit down, and I don't ever sit down to channel. I don't. I'll be, uh, you know, I'll be I'll be at work, and I'll be shoveling asphalt, and all of a sudden, like, this, this saying comes into my head. Now, it's like, I have no idea. And a couple of my friends say, well, he is so, you know, stringent. He is so boisterous. He is so forceful. He could probably, he's probably your higher self. Listen, I don't know. I don't know. I don't believe he's my higher self, but I do believe that uh whoever he is it, he he he's just he has such a a love for mankind and he's just so disappointed in the in the way mankind is is conducting himself themselves and uh he uh i believe that uh we're all we all have spirit guides and we have like i believe that we have one guide that's like a gatekeeper loves uh some of some other people to come through our lives and we and we all get guides they come and they go and uh i believe that when uh, uh, when a certain time came, when it was time for me to to really open up and to really start thinking about the the philosophical ramifications of of what spiritualism means to me and 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 what and I mean we all go through the dark night of the you know the, you know that 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 terrible uh, dark you night know, abs- of the soul exactly uh, you know that absence of of. Of, of true philosophical and spiritual meaning and I think when that happened to me for a short time uh during one of you know during a, a period of my uh, when i was doing my uh having uh surgeries uh, i uh it just opened up and and this guy came through and and actually he came through during we we're doing a uh we were doing an online seance. My my little sister Marla Brooks and I do. Uh, we were doing. We might do another one this year, but we I took off I took off a year last year. But you know, just to, just to see what happens. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, we had some milder people come through. Then all of a sudden, this forceful guy came through. And I remember Marla even like like trying to like chat me and go. What the hell is this, you know? And she was she was afraid and she goes, "I wish you had warned me." I said, "I wish I could have warned myself." Right. Cuz he was just so forceful and really pissed off at the way man conducts himself. So uh I'm, I'm a true believer that that he is part of a spirit band that's with me. I know uh, a woman by the name of Edna Burbank from Oklahoma that, that lived in the uh, early 1900s, the Oklahoma territories. She was sent to me to uh, uh, understand what seance is and how to do a proper seance. And uh, because of children's seances, the ones that I had attended are a little bit different than, than the more stylized ones. hmm. It really, I mean, it wasn't until about a year or so later after I had channeled this work through her, from her, uh, in a group session, that uh, I actually found the Reverend Jane down in Erie, Pennsylvania, who wrote this little tiny book all about uh, the way, she, you know, she was taught seance by someone who was, you know, you know, from another generation. And it was almost exact, which was so cool. I mean, I, I knew some of the basics, but I didn't know the etiquette. I didn't know the procedures. I, you know, there's a lot that I didn't know. And Edna, the spirit guide Edna, filled so much of it in for me. And I still have I still have all my original notes, and I can I every so often I, I go back and I look at my original notes, and I look at the way uh, Jane would go and, and and conduct them, and they are pretty close. They are pretty close. So it's that's that's why I'm a, I'm a firm believer that uh, the other side can influence us in uh, inspirational speaking, inspirational writing, uh,
0: all through channel. See, I just find the whole experience very interesting because you obviously believe in spirit. Oh yeah, you know yeah. many different types of spirit, and yeah, for you to go, there's a distinct difference here with this guy. Oh
1: yeah, it's
0: yeah. it, you know,
1: this is not you know what he is most. The best way I can describe it is a lot of people are have got these uh, roses and blooms coming out of their ass when it comes to uh, spirit guides. Forgive my my description, but you know they're so sickening sweet, they're saccharine and. <laughs> you know, and, and, well, they really are. If you know, a lot of people are like, oh my God, this and that. You know, and it's like, oh, that's great. You know, and here I get this guy that's all full of fire and brimstone, and it's it's really different from what a lot of what I was taught, even as a kid, or even you know through my own spiritual growth over the years. And uh then I was kind of worried about it was negative or demonic, and then it just wasn't it's i know that it is and it's just that you know his 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 words are 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 issued in frustration sometimes uh but i mean it's really uh i didn't i didn't start really recording them until about a year after they started so i I probably lost about sixty sixty to seventy uh more uh, little passages that 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 he had you know, that he had uh, he had uh, inspired me to uh, and channeled through me. And I don't even, I'm going to be, you know, Jason, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know. I, I can't even tell you why I started writing. I, I have no idea why I did it. Uh, I, one day I, I was at work and I had a notepad and I'm sitting in this truck and boom, it comes through. And I just sat down and I... I wrote it on a Notepad, and after that, I just started trying to catch them as they, as they would come through. Uh, sometimes I would be standing in line, looking around. Bang! Something. And what it is is almost like whenever I'm distracted or or my I'm very mindful of something that I'm doing. I'm very paying very close attention. Bang! That's when it comes through. It's sort of like, you know, hey. You know, you're focused on here, so guess what? This part of your brain is open, and we're going to take advantage of it. I don't, I don't have a clue how, how or why it works. I really don't, but I can say that that's that's my belief, and that's it. Just it just works. And uh, again, I mean, I had no intention really of sharing it. I threw it on. I I started putting them on Facebook. Just you know. Sure. Because I felt that maybe somebody needed to see that or read it or hear it. And out of all the people, I've only ran into one person that really thought it was very, very negative. And he's forceful. And the words are very, very forceful. And sometimes the words can be a little... Um, uh, the sayings can be a little like
0: like in your face or you know, slap you down a notch. Now, but, now here's what's funny. My mentality, I'm, I'm kind of a rough guy myself. So I'm reading these quotes and, and quite honestly... They started off kind of dark, I thought. But, oh, but I had an appreciation for that. It was almost like we're going to speak about death so that you know how it is to live. Right. That's, but see, that's exactly it. Because people, people walk around,
1: and I always remember this, this, the, one, the one phrase is coffin of flesh that comes through. And the coffins a flesh, I mean, I, I, and I'm not going to put anybody down. But there are people out there that the only thing in their world is their job or, or the, a, a bottle of booze or, or getting out there and, and getting totally wasted or whatever. And they do it not only just, you know, for that, that phase, but they're in their 50s and 60s and they've never done anything. They've never had any deep thoughts. They've just existed. That's all they've done. It's existed. And... I mean, I, I, I've always had a problem with that. I've I've always been a seeker, an adventurer, I've an experiencer, and uh, I I just I see life as 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 this finite time that you got to try. And I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's tough. Everybody goes through some really bad stuff, but you got to sort of try to live your life as well as you can. And. A lot of what he, a lot of what Cassius wrote was uh, and channeled through was had that had that whole idea, that whole flavor, and he really wants people to get out there and and live their lives and experience and and be a part of something uh, to to open up your mind to to get out there and understand that life is for living. And here's the other thing. I mean, I've always felt this way. We don't know if there's another, the other side. I believe there is, but I mean, we don't know for sure. We don't know if reincarnation really works and we're going to come back, come back around. You know, we don't know for sure. So this is it. You've only got what, you know, if you're lucky, 70, 80 years, if you're lucky. Sure. So get out there and do it. That's why, that's why I, I started to embrace, uh, the paranormal, as much as I did, because of the fact that. And again, I mean, paranormal when I was growing up was pretty much normal, you know. But I, I we were never a, you know. Again, when it came down to tools and stuff, technology, it, it was sort of like you know, let's not go looking for it. If there's a problem, we'll do a, a, we'll do a spirit rescue circle. We'll try to convince that spirit to go on and and not be so landlocked to whatever location or a family or a person. But the paranormal is what really was a godsend in a way, because it opened up people's minds that were like, holy cow, yeah, maybe there is something on the beyond, you know, beyond this life. Maybe there is something. Maybe there's something out there. Maybe, you know, the essence of a personality might be out there just waiting, trying to, to talk to us. And Again, I mean I was I was just fascinated by it. So I, I and, and I saw the resurgence of I'm not just gonna say the spiritualist religion, but I'm gonna say I saw the resurgence of a lot of religions. Uh you know, Christian and and Buddhist and people were really like, hey, maybe there's something more to this, and they started delving into the mysteries of of, of their own religion. And I think that's the greatest thing in the world. So we owe like Jason Hawes and, and Grant Wilson, a, 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 you know, a little vote of thanks because. And I and I said this to him when I you know I run into I run into uh, Jason every so often, and I ran into Grant at Lilydale, and I said that to him. I said, you know, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't have all these younger people in you know interested in these religions and that's you know that's the bottom line the interest is so important exposure to something more than you know you know sunday's football game
0: you know uh, oddly it does not surprise me at all that you just said you ran into grant wilson at Lilydale because there's something about him that always said to me he's into more than what he's showing well, he
1: is. I mean, he he yeah. is. He's a he's a good guy, but he's also a musician and he's a talented. Really, he's a he's a talented writer, and uh, I think it was. Uh, I see him coming back now, and I'm glad. I'm glad and. You know, people don't realize the grind. I mean, I I did a pilot for Spike, and I've done some other stuff. And uh, you just have no appreciation for what these poor guys go through. A good friend of mine, uh, Dustin Perry, uh, we we talk almost on a weekly basis, and and he was telling me, you know, about now, you know, he had resigned for I forget. He originally resigned for like seven or for two episodes, and he's working all the time, and he's got a full time job and he's on the road on weekends and it's, it's, it's a grind and it's tough. So I give these guys a lot of credit and I give Grant a lot of credit for, for walking away and, and spending that time with his family while the kids are small. And now that they're a little bit older, you know, he's getting back into it. And I see, I started seeing him, uh, I think last year, uh, he started doing, uh, some conferences. I think it's great. I think it's great. But he is a, he is a phenomenal musician.
0: Awesome. Well, and I, I... Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and I think people need to get the appreciation for the fact that the public life is not an easy life. No, so not yeah. At all.
1: I mean, I know myself. I mean, I'm a I'm a CD celebrity. <laughs> I, right, right. I, I'm down at the I'm down at the bottom of the list. Hey, we got we got twenty bucks in a in a bus ticket. Where who can we send? Oh, we'll grab Tim Shaw. He'll come. <laughs> you know. But it's 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 funny,
0: man, just doing a podcast and and I go out and I do a couple public speeches a year at a couple events and you would not believe the questions I get asked, man. Oh yeah. It's busy
1: and it's and there's a need for it. There there's a need for it. Uh you know, I mean I I slowed down because of my health, you know, in the last few years. I shouldn't say I slowed down, as my wife says I just stopped taking local gigs And I started taking more out of state gigs (laughs) But uh yeah, there's a lot of people that want to know about this, and, and a lot of people that are just so interested in, in in the whole field, not just paranormal, but everything else that goes with it, the whys and hows, uh, you know, why I don't believe in demons and angels. Uh, I believe in vibratory states, and, you know, what's the difference? And, you know, when we start looking at negative and positive and, and, and different phases that may, uh, you know, for a better, for a better description, uh, you know, something that may be... Uh, you know, related to what they would call possession, or or hoodoo, or voodoo, or you know, I mean, there's so much out there, and that's why you have to, you you know, so many people want so many questions answered, and uh, sometimes you got to be the way shower, you know, sometimes you got to sit down there and just answer a couple questions and just say, geez, I don't know, but maybe if you look here, or maybe if you call there, and you know, that's where I think that's where it's all at. I think that all of us that are out there doing podcasts and and all of us out there that are, that are speaking and, and teaching classes, I mean, I think we're fulfilling a great role that uh, uh, you know, if we hearken back to the days of uh, of the hunter-gatherer, the that the, the great role of the holy man, you know, where we we are not there just to talk about religion, we're there to, to, to like, talk about life and, and you know, maybe the afterlife. So, uh,
0: I think it's great what we do. So, let's talk about the purpose of dogma of me, because it actually has the, what I saw as a defined reason for being there and a use for people. Right. Right.
1: The, the, you know, the bottom line of the dogma is just to open up your eyes. The bottom line is just to take that breath, sometimes step back and look at yourself to be a warrior and in so many societies being a warrior doesn't mean that you're great and you're strong but it means that you you know you are like in the chian philosophy you are an uberman you you are out there you you are pushing yourself sometimes to that limit and you're living life to its fullest and that's what the bottom line is and not to let people bully you and not and this and that's something else that i that I noticed even in, the, in the, uh, the thread of some of the uh, passages that I channeled through, it's, it's almost as if, you know, don't let bullies, you know, there's, there's different ways. Use your brain. There's different ways to defeat bullies. Don't, don't ever let them, don't define yourself by what somebody else says about you. Because you're so much more than that, and that's what I loved about it. And Cassius can be a uh, like I say, he can be really forceful, and he'll just he just lays it out there on the line. I mean, sometimes I look at these look at this thing that I'd written like a couple of days later and go, wow, I think I just got slapped, <laughs> you know. And uh-huh. I just it was just an sometimes it was just an amazing. Uh, some of these passages were just amazing to me. And I knew that I couldn't write them. I mean, you know, listen, I'm a putz from Buffalo, New York, man. That's this is this is not my thing to to write anything deep like that. And it 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 really I, I it just taught me that, you know, being a warrior is so much more. And everybody can be a warrior. You know, you don't have to you don't have to be good with a gun or a sword to be a warrior. You know, you just have to use your brain and put and that's what i think being you know almost being like an overlord an overman you know just to keep working keep get out there and 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 not not be defeated and i know even myself i mean there are sometimes i just feel so defeated and then you just pick yourself up take a breath and you go on and that's what being a warrior is. A warrior is is someone who who is never defeated no matter what and lives this life. And that's what I love about it. And also a warrior and this is something else that kind of came through. A warrior is never afraid to ask for help or give it because in this society we're not taught to ever ask for help, especially men, you know. Uh mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that that's something that he touched on was that listen, you you should you know, if you need help, there's no shame in asking for it. Do it because what you have to do is set your goal and achieve your goal by whatever means possible. And I, I love that. I, I thought that was a that was a great philosophy.
0: Well, and, and you had put in the book that it was written for the purpose of guiding people through troubled times by reading it cover to cover. Um So I I think what's being expounded there is it's a book of strong encouragement at its core.
1: The other thing that I thought was great, uh, my friend Deb uh, DeRossi from uh, Michigan, she likes to go and just spin it open. And that's it's almost like a bibliomancy where you would take the Bible and you would look for inspiration just by opening it opening to a random page and just putting your finger down on a, on a page and that verse that sentence would be the inspiration of the day. It's the same thing. She does that, and uh, I people have, uh, have still do that, and uh, they 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 get they get inspiration, and that's what you want. You want people. To use it to their advantage. There's no right way. There's no wrong way of doing it. Some people just love reading it from cover to cover. Other people just open it up on, you know, on uh, on an instinct. They have a problem. Something's bothering them. They open it up and bang. There's something. there, there, there There's a verse there that may help them. And that's what I love about that.
0: So when when, when Cassius comes and he's speaking to you. Because I understand that, you know, there's, there's mental mediumship, the whole idea of clair, clairvoyance being able to see, uh, clairaudience being able to hear, clairsentience getting feelings. Uh, right. Clair-Augustine, you've got the whole smells and tastes aspects. But then you said there's physical mediumship where you're the actual conduit for the spirit.
1: Big time, yeah. Physical mediumship, the whole whole idea of physical mediumship is to is not so much to do the communication with spirit as to create a a physical means of communication because we all communicate with spirit through vibration whether whether it be mental or, or through our voices or whatever but physical true physical phenomena is an interaction between man and spirit and that's what you want the the the, uh, the production of ectoplasm which uh, in the old days it was you know human um, fluids invisible human fluids that would emanate from every orifice in the body and mix through through spirit pharmacists and it would create this crazy goopy thing you know like cotton candy I, I firmly believe that it's a uh, uh, I believe it's it's the mixing of human vibration and and spiritual vibration when uh, uh, everything is just right and it can affect everything it it can power in it can power in uh, what you know apparitions and sightings and hauntings it can manifest in, in doing a thousand things uh, uh, levitation and and you know uh, if you, if you if you believe in table tipping or table turning, the you know that type of communication, the wrappings on the walls, uh, that's true. That's, that's that's true physical phenomena. You that, that that's that is something that. Again, I craved it. I craved to learn more about it, and the churches never taught it because they were ashamed of it because of all the charlatans that were out there. At least that's my take. That's right. my take. That's right. not the church's lines. You know that that's but. That's my take on it, because there's no other reason why they didn't teach it, or they were afraid of it. And in this business, you can't be afraid. You've got to be able to go, and uh, I don't, I'm don't. i afraid. I don't like the dark, I'll be honest with you. I don't like when people jump out at me. That's why I don't like fun houses. But you can't be afraid of this. You have to. There's, fear has no purpose in 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 what we do it's a detriment. So you have to, you, you can't be afraid of this. And when it comes to physical phenomena, you can't be afraid of it. When we were we we were doing a seance, a closed seance, which is the same people meeting at the same time every week for months at a time. And we started with like 12, 16 people. And when we started getting some heavy duty interaction, we were down to six people because people were just starting to freak and they didn't want anything to do with it. But when you don't have fear, all of a sudden then, that's when it really starts to manifest and you start getting true physical phenomena, which leads into intensive communication. And that's, 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 that to me was, that's like nirvana. That was, that was just uh, just an
0: amazing time period in my life. So, I'm going to get myself in trouble, but I'm going I'm to take this leap. Go ahead. Would you say that Deep physical mediumship is akin to what we would call possession in voodoo.
1: Actually,
0: yeah.
1: Actually, yeah. The only thing with possession, you have to really watch it. Hoodoo and voodoo, that's a whole, and Santeria, that's a whole different religious type of deal, and it's a philosophy. It's all the yes. harnessing of energy. It's a, its a big thing, harnessing of energy, focus, and intent. Uh, possession that can that can manifest in a lot of different ways and there's a lot of reasons I, I believe true possession is very very rare and true possession I'm talking about temporal possession because full possessions are extremely rare mm-hmm. and in those cases uh, you have to be the right person at the right place at the right time and if then if there is something there now I don't believe I, I believe energy is neither positive or negative it has to be influenced by a person or a You know, spirit personality, and there's a lot of lower spirit personalities out there. And if you just happen to be the right person at that time, that doesn't realize uh, what's going on, it can be it can be detrimental. I mean, you can the the book I wrote about uh, the C two D one haunting. Please talk with me. uh, Really touched upon what I believe was a temporal possession attempt uh, by an entity that may have. Been had its life cut very very short uh, and too early and very very grotesquely and this was something that this hatred or you know that it just it just resonated resonated and uh, uh, that's a little something a little bit different possession is a little something different that is you have to have something with intelligence yes that 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 goes with it like uh, you know I mean you can thought forms. Uh, can gain intelligence uh, uh, that's what you're but you have to be very very careful with that uh, when we start talking about it but everything else that we work with especially like hoodoo and voodoo that's that's a whole belief system it's, it's the uh, belief of the downtrodden the slave classes and uh, a lot of that a lot of that is uh, uh, you know was uh, offensive uh, practices uh, created for defense and uh i firm, i firmly believe that there's no karmic retribution for anything like that uh so i mean it's 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 an it's an important thing but again a lot of it all delves down to uh focus and uh intent
0: especially hardcore focus and intent you can move mountains yes and you have very different belief systems but some parallels that kind of interplay there oh
1: yeah definitely i mean i friends of mine are are, are voodoo people and 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 uh uh i love this little santeria shop that's that's here in uh, buffalo new york uh uh, i just i love it i go there i'm a i'm a big candle guy now so and i buy all my candles from him uh and 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 anointing oils there's a lot to it and i am a firm believer that uh it doesn't matter what you believe in it doesn't matter your religion it really doesn't. It's just that you should have a religion. It's what you need to believe. You need to believe in something. And if you want to, and I believe in the kiss theory. Keep it simple, stupid. Yes, sir. Uh, believe, in a, believe in a supreme being. Believe in intent. Believe in prayer. And believe in meditation. And I think that you'll have a full life. And, and, that, and then believe that there is an afterlife.
0: So hey, we only have a few minutes left, Tim. Why don't you that was quick, man? That
1: was that was real yeah. quick. I said, come on. That, yeah. I, didn't, I was kind of afraid.
0: <laughs> Why don't you uh tell the listeners, man, about the Black Cat Lounge, how they what time they can catch it, and the best way for them to buy your books so that you'll make the most profit from them. Well,
1: Black Cat Lounge is heard here on Para X radio every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. And, uh, you can buy my books by going to my website and you can also find out where I'm going to be like wandering and bumping into places, uh, uh, in the future. Uh, if you go to my website, which is www.theblackcatlounge.net, make sure you put the T H E in there. You're going to end up going, uh, to a porno site in Austin, Texas. Uh, is, oh. It's always fun. But, uh, and, and mostly, this this week is great because tomorrow I'll be at the uh, Lake uh, Lake Erie or the Great Lakes. Now, oh, how does it go? Uh, Lake Erie uh, Seaway Trail Visitors Center in Hamburg, New York. I'm going to be uh, talking about Haunted Buffalo and Beyond. And this weekend, I'll be at the Unitarian Church in Buffalo, New York, in Elmwood, uh, and I'll be speaking at the Pagan Days, the third annual. So, I, you know, I've got a I got a full plate
0: going, Jason. Awesome. Well, with that, hey, I'm just going to have, um, I'm going to let the sound engineer go ahead and take us out, and I want to thank everybody. Have a great week. Be with back with you in a couple weeks.